Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. We're continuing with our Sunday school series of Through Faith. And what we're doing in this Sunday school series is we're walking through Hebrews chapter number 11, which is often called the Hall of Faith chapter. And by and through it, we see by faith, by faith. Then you'll see the name, and then you'll see the action that's performed. And we understand the principle behind this. Faith always produces action. Faith always produces action. That the biblical type of faith is not, well, I believe and sit down and do nothing. I believe and I trust God, but not read my Bible. I believe and I'm trusting God but not be faithful to the things that God's given to us. That's not faith. Faith always produces action. We also know that faith also has an object. That's Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 where it says looking unto Jesus. Remember it's not the amount of our faith that matters as it does the object of our faith. What are we looking at? What are we trusting in? And as we come to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, we've been walking through uh, bit by bit by bit. And as we get toward the end of it, we now find our way to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And notice with me in verse number 31. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 31. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, notice the phrase by faith and then notice the person that's associated with it, Rahab. And with here, we want to talk about the faith of Rahab. The faith of Rahab. Do you know that there is not a case that is too hard for God? There's not a case that is too hard from God. And with this, we follow this faith group. By faith, by faith, by faith. And all the way through here, as God is highlighting certain individuals. Now, he's not talking about all the individuals. In fact, the next verse, it says, What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and the prophets. Here, the God by its Holy Spirit is only giving a few names. It didn't mention in a long verse about David. Or Samson. It didn't talk about Gideon. It didn't talk about Samuel. It, they could have went on and talked all about these. So there's only a few individuals that God chose to highlight their faith. And out of all the people in the Old Testament that God could have pointed out, he now goes to the first non-Hebrew person in this list. And that's Rahab. Rahab is a non-Hebrew person. But yet... God did something in her life to bring her to himself. And we could see that God is even working with her. Now notice as it starts off, we have to see the character of her. Notice how the Bible describes, after all these thousands of years, what is it that the Bible describes? By faith, 
the harlot. Now we see this horrible word harlot associated with this word. Why would God take time to mention her background and her history on here? Well, some parents get uh, scared and say, oh, oh, I have to explain what this term means. And they said, how do I explain it to my kids? Well, what we could do is just simply say, here is a woman who did the wrong things with her life and her body. And we know lots of people like that who've done the wrong things with their life and their body. Oh, but we have such a wonderful God. Here it's not talking about someone who grew up in Sunday school class and lived in church and did all the right things. We're talking about someone who did the wrong things in her life and with her body. And God still worked in her life and she was able to exercise faith. Do you know that, know that everyone doesn't have the same opportunities that we do? Think about this lady in her background. Where did she grow up in? What was the city she's associated with? Jericho is correct. All right. So she did not come from Egypt. She wasn't there to receive the Ten Commandments. She wasn't there to hear the 613 laws. She wasn't there to see all the things that God did. But she heard about him. She heard about the things that God did. And she still exercised faith with what she had. She came from a horrible background. She came from a background that didn't, she was non-churched. But yet the first opportunity that she had, she ran to Jesus. She ran to the Lord. And God points her out in here. God calls our attention to her. And he wants us to look at her life, including her background. That we could demonstrate something that we all need in our life. Faith. And the object of our faith. With this, let's cover this background here in the book of Hebrews. And I want to talk about Rahab. The first thing I want to bring up is the woman who lived in a city under judgment. A woman who lived in a city under judgment. Now remember, the time period we're covering is in the book of Joshua. The children of Israel have been brought from Egypt and have wandered 40 years. During this time, the Red Sea is crossed. During this time, they've seen victories. During this time, they've watched manna come from heaven. During this time, they've watched God deliver things. Now, the children of Israel have crossed the Jordan River on dry land and have parked right outside of Jericho. And what happens in the book of uh, Judges chapter 2 is that they send spies into the city of Jericho to spy things out, to try to examine what kind of things they're going to face. But it's also at this time that um, she had heard about these things. Now, in the book of Exodus, God had ordered when the children of Israel get to the promised land, that they were supposed to go and anywhere they touch, God was going to give to them. He was going to deliver all of the Canaanite people under them and get them victory. And they were supposed to wipe everything out. This was already proclaimed and made clear. And the cities of the Canaan land, this promised land, they all heard and understood they were under judgment. They were going to be wiped out. They've already heard the tales of how God destroyed Egypt. And what were each of these individual cities like <laughs> compared to Egypt? God had destroyed the might and power of Egypt. And these cities, how can they stand against this? They've already seen as the Sion and Og who were um, 
kings on the other side of the river. They couldn't stand. They were wiped out. They heard how the Red Sea had opened up. Then they heard how the Jordan River had opened up. And if you want more information on that, we tell you to go back to our Judges series where I talk about Joshua and we go in detail of this. But they have heard. This is a city that knows that they're next. They already have the people who are camped on the other uh, outside of the city, about two to six miles away, two and a half million people. This is a city that knows they're under judgment and they're going to be destroyed. They're already in a panic type phrase. But here is a lady in the midst of this who hears about this. Uh, uh, Hold your finger here, but turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Joshua. And let's just see the historical account of this in the book of Joshua, chapter number two. Joshua is going to be at the beginning of your Bible. Now, we're going to be flipping back and forth as we try to see the historical event and then go back to the book of Hebrews and see what the book of Hebrews has to say. But notice with me in Joshua chapter 2. Remember, if you're in your Bible, to look for Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2. And I want you to notice with me, starting at verse number one, let's get the context here. Joshua chapter two, verse number one. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told of the king of Jericho, behold, there came men in hither to night of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not where they were. And it came to pass, about the time of the shutting of the gate, it was dark that the men went out. Whether the men went, I want not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she brought them up to the roof, and hid them with stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan, under the fjords. And as soon as they came, which pursued after them, were gone out and shut the gate. Before they laid down, she came up to them upon the roof, and she said unto them, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Notice this. I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea for you, and you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, for, your, for the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Notice this. She recognized because of what God did, not necessarily because of the children of Israel, what God did, this is a true God. And she's responding to the light she has. She didn't have all 613 laws. They didn't knock on her door and said, hey, have you heard the true word of Jehovah? But she heard about God, heard that he was real. And she's responding to the light that she has by faith. She's responding the best she knows how. Now, of course, people like to point out about her lie. You know, she didn't hear the Ten Commandments. Uh, she's just 
doing the best. She knows that these two men have come from God. Have come from the children of Israel. That God is their God. And she's doing her best to protect them. And yes, she told a lie. I can't condone it. But I'm saying this is what happened in history. But she didn't know any better. All she's doing is trying to respond the best she can by faith. Saying, I know that your God is real. And I'm trying to take care of you. Because your God is real. And I'm hoping that if I respond properly to God. He will spare me. And so, but she understood that this city she was living in was under the judgment of death. She was part of that city. She was ordered to die herself. Her only hope to get out of this situation was the Lord. Which brings us to another thing. The way of salvation. Not only the woman who lived under, in a city under judgment. The way of salvation. The way of salvation Notice what occurs in verse number 12. uh, Joshua chapter 2 verse 12. Now therefore I pray you. This is um, uh, Rahab speaking. Now therefore I pray you. Swear unto me by the Lord. Since I have showed you kindness. That ye will also show kindness unto my father's house. And give me a true token. That ye will save alive my father. And my mother. And my brethren. And my sisters. And all that they have. And deliver our lives from death. She understands she's under the penalty of death. And she's asking for some way to be commuted from this sentence. She deserves to die. She knows that. And she's pleading for grace. Pleading for grace. Notice with me in verse number 14. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us this land, we will deal kindly and truly with thee. And she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, which she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward you may go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this Thine oath which thou made us swear. Behold, when we come to the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst lay us down, and thou shalt bring up thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and thy father's household home to thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his hand, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in thy house, his blood shall be in our head, if any hand be upon them. And if thou utter this, our business, then we will quit thine the oath which thou made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. So here, she's asking for grace. How can I be saved? How can I be delivered from the punishment here? And they said, take this scarlet cord, which you put us out, the scarlet um, rope, and put it out your window. So when we see it, we know that it is you. And as long as you don't (laughs) tell on us and break this, we'll spare you and anyone that's inside of your house. There's a way of salvation. There's a way you can get out of it and do this. Now, of course, isn't it amazing how God put this together? It was a scarlet thread, a picture of what we're trusting in, the blood of Jesus Christ. That the only way that we can be saved from our sins. By the way, we're under the penalty of death. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. We're deserving of destruction. And there's nothing we can do of ourselves to be able to deliver us from this. But God provided a way. And by his grace, we can apply that to our life. She tied this scarlet thread. And she was spared when everything (laughs) 
came down, she and everyone in the household was spared because they trusted the promises given to her by faith. She had to exercise faith. She had to believe that they were going to keep their word on what they said they were going to do. And she's responding to it by faith. And that was a big amount of faith. They could have backtracked. They could have double-crossed her. They could have said, nah, forget it. But she was trusting that they were going to keep their word. Which is the same thing for us. How are we saved, by the way? We're saved by faith through grace. By grace through faith. That we don't deserve it, but we're trusting God and his word that he said he was going to do what he was, what, he's going to do what he said he was going to do. We're trusting in that, that God is not lying to us. We're putting our faith that he is going to keep his word. She is exercising faith with the best she knows how with the information she has. And that's exactly how we were saved. That's exactly, by the way, Rahab was not only saved physically, she was also saved spiritually. She trusted in God. God calls her the harlot, but guess what? God had taken care of her. How do we know that? Well, you know that we find Rahab a little bit later. She's living within the children of Israel. From this point on, she becomes part of the camp. She's adopted into a brand new family. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful thing that God can take us and put us in his family. We were not part of his family before. Don't let someone deceive you and say we're all God's children. That's not true. Jesus said you are of your father the devil. If you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal savior, you're of the devil's family. You say, well, that doesn't sound very comforting. But let me tell you what the good news is. You can be part of the family of God by trusting in Christ's promises through faith. Nothing you can do. You just accept God by faith through his grace. God provided this grace. He provided a way of salvation. And when we do that, we become part of his family. Oh, what a great thing that we can trust in this. She was made white as snow. She was cleansed by the blood. She trusted God. <laughs> oh, but God didn't stop just there. Do you know as time went on, we come to the gospel record of Matthew. We don't have to turn there. But what we find in the gospel record of Matthew chapter 1 is the lineage of Jesus Christ. And guess who's mentioned there in the lineage of Jesus Christ? Rahab the harlot. That God just didn't save her and put her in a new family. But he also with her brand new life used her. And put her in part of the lineage of Christ. Oh, what a great God that we have. By the way, she did none of that on her own. Amen. She accepted God's promises. She accepted with what information she had. And she responded to it properly. That's how simple it is, is responding to it. We see this way of salvation. That God has provided it for us. And she just accepted God's promises the best she knew how with the information she had. Some people sometimes argue with me and say people were saved differently in the Old Testament than the New Testament. No. They were saved by grace through faith. They trusted in God's promises. We have the privilege of having more information. The people in the Old Testament just responded with what information they had. And accepted the promises of God the best they knew how with the information that they had. What a wonderful God. 
We have one more thing here. The witness of our faith. The witness of her faith. Notice it again in the book of Hebrews. Um, chapter number 11 and verse 31. Hebrews 11 and verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. By faith. By faith. Her and her family were the only people that were spared from that city. The rest of the city was destroyed. But she was spared because she responded by faith. Did the best she... Ex- She responded the best she could with the information that she had. And she was spared to that. We have this witness of the faith. The book of James tells us a little bit more of Rahab. Turn with me, the book of James. Uh, The next book of the Bible, Hebrews, James. James chapter number 2. And let's see what the Bible says about Rahab. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in James chapter 2. James chapter 2, notice with me in verse 25. James chapter 2 and verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works. When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. What we're seeing here is that she proved her faith by her works. Her her faith was demonstrated or her by works, meaning that she wasn't saved because of her helping those spies out, but that was a demonstration of her faith. So we understand what the Bible is trying to get across here is that faith always produces action. That if you've truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's going to be evidenced in your life if you are following God the way that you should. That works doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. May I also remind you that a prayer doesn't save you? Jesus saves you. All you do when you're praying is you're receiving that free gift that he offered you. When I do something for the Lord, I'm a pastor. Do you know that the reason why I pastor is not in order to get something from God? I pastor because of what he's already done for me. The reason why we read our Bible is not to get something from God. It's out of worship because of what God's already done for me. We're just responding. That's the idea of faith that God is always previous. We're responding to him because of what he's done for us. And because I'm trusting him, it's going to be evidenced in my life by works. Does that make sense? The Bible's putting an emphasis here that she was saved by faith through grace. Saved by grace through faith. She was trusting in God. But it was a demonstration that we could all learn from. How do we know that uh, what she believed in was true? By her works. It was evidenced by how she carried herself. She could have said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll trust in you. I believe in that. Go ahead. And not put the scarlet thread out. Would she, you know, that was evidence that she believed what was said. Does that make sense? It was an evidence. Faith came first. She trusted God. It was evidence. And she gave a witness. It was a testimony to others that she had trusted God. It's always amazing when I do a funeral that I, have to, I spend time to try to get to know the family. I often do funerals of people who don't go to church here. I'm glad because I don't want any of you to perish. I'd rather not do your funerals quite yet. I want to wait another 50 years before I do some of your... All right. 
But so, but I often do funerals for other folks. And a lot of times I have to spend time to try to tell me about your family, get them to talk. Then I have to get to the question, do they know for sure that Jesus Christ is their savior? Do they know for sure that they're going to heaven? Do you know for sure? And it's amazing when someone doesn't have a clear testimony, how hard it is for the family. And it's even harder for me because I can't preach them into heaven. But I don't want to necessarily just blow them up and say, listen here, the way they live their life, they're burning in hell right now. I can't do that either. But I have to be careful. But you know how it's easier to do a funeral with someone. This was a Christian lady. How do I know? Because she was this and this and this. That's not what saved her. It was the evidence of her being saved. Does it make sense? Someone who doesn't, they said they were saved, but I don't know. You know how hard that is to, to try to preach a funeral like that? Not to give people false hope, but to try to tell the gospel clearly. But for me, I only have to do it just once. A family member who says, you know, dad says he's a Christian, but I don't know for sure. You know how hard that is on someone if they pass? Because they want to hope on something. Well, maybe he said something. Maybe he accepted Christ. Well, he read a Bible once. It's much easier to give comfort and say, you know what? They were saved, and I know they're saved because their life evidenced it. Does that make sense? That should be the testimony that we have. That we're not hoping or guessing or thinking, crossing our fingers. Please let them... (laughs) And I'm not trying to be mean because there's times that... It's what we're depending upon because sometimes their lives are so distant and far away. I can't do anything about them, but I'm encouraging you. Live your life where it's easy for me to preach your funeral. (laughs) Where I could say, without a doubt, let me tell you, this was a lady, this was a gentleman who followed the Lord. And I have great confidence that what they told me that they accepted Christ is true because it was evidenced in their life. Here is a lady who at one time was a harlot. That she sinned with her life and sinned with her body. But she came to the place where she received God's promise and responded by faith. And we could tell that it was not just a prayer, not just an acceptance. But it was evidenced in how she carried her life. This is why God placed her in the Hall of Faith chapter. Here was someone that was not a Hebrew, didn't grow up in church, didn't grow up with these things, but still responded to the promises, the information that they had, the best they knew how. And their life evidenced a complete change. She didn't live as a harlot when she lived among the children of Israel. Her life was changed. She had a brand new family and she responded with that family. What a wonderful thing that faith can change someone. And by the way, faith can break through the hardest person. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Can break through the hardest heart. We could trust in God. There was no one too far gone. No one too hopeless that God cannot save. There's someone who's never gone too far that God cannot forgive their sin. God is not willing that any shall perish but also come to repentance. And his blood was enough. They just need to respond to God by grace through faith, trusting in God's promises. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.